So last week then, if you remember, we were discussing the status of the Sunnah and that the Sunnah is one of the two revelations, the Qur'an and the Sunnah. And we mentioned the evidences from the Qur'an that highlight the importance of the Sunnah. We also spoke about evidences from the Sunnah itself that highlights the virtues of the Sunnah. And we had moved on to looking at some of the statements of the Salaf in highlighting the virtue and the rank of the Sunnah. From those statements then, we have <coughs> the statement that is mentioned عن محمد بن كثير عن الأوزاعي عن حسان بن عطية قال كان جبريل ينزل على النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم بالسنة كما ينزل عليه بالقرآن that Jibreel alayhi salam used to come down upon the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam with the sunnah just as he used to come down upon the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam with the Qur'an. So just like Jibreel alayhi salam used to come to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam teaching him the Qur'an, conveying the Qur'an to him from Allah, then Jibreel similarly used to come to the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam with the sunnah, conveying the sunnah to him. Then another narration mentioned Anil Awza'i قال قال أيوب السختياني إذا حدثت الرجل بالسنة فقال دعنا من هذا وحدثنا من القرآن فاعلم أنه ضال مضل أيوب سختياني he said if you talk to a man with the sunnah mentioning a hadith mentioning the sunnah to him and he replies by saying forget that leave that just talk to us from the Qur'an, then know that he is misguided and misguiding others. Misguided, the one who thinks you can abandon or neglect the sunnah and only take the evidences of the Qur'an alone. It's also mentioned that Al-Awza'i قال الأوزاعي ومكحول ويحي ابن بكثير that الإمام الأوزاعي and مكحول and يحي ابن بكثير all of them and others besides them from the salaf 
They said, Al-Qur'anu ahwaju ila sunnati mina sunnati ila al-kitab. Wa sunnatu qadiyah ala al-kitab. Wa laysa al-kitabu qadiyan ala sunnah. They said that the Qur'an is more in need of the sunnah than the sunnah is in need of the Qur'an. And that the sunnah, it is the judge upon the Qur'an and not that the Qur'an is the judge upon the sunnah. What that means is, as we've explained briefly before, the details of things are where? In the Qur'an or in the sunnah? In the sunnah. In the Qur'an it tells you about the prayer generally. But the details of how, what, where are in the sunnah. The Qur'an tells you about Umrah and Hajj generally. The details how, what, where are in the sunnah. Hence the Salaf said the Qur'an is more in need of the sunnah than the sunnah is in need of the Qur'an. Because the details and the precise breakdown of things, that is in the sunnah. Similarly, there are other statements. From amongst them, the statement of Al-Imam Al-Shafi'i. Rahimahullah Ta'ala. ذكر الإمام شافعي الآيات التي ذكر فيها الكتاب والحكمة كقوله تعالى لقد من الله على المؤمنين إذ بعث فيهم رسولا من أنفسهم يتلو عليهم آياته ويزكيهم ويعلمهم الكتاب والحكمة وإن كانوا من قبل لفي ظلال مبين الإمام الشافعي mentioned the ayat from the Qur'an where it mentions within them the Qur'an and the hikmah. There are certain ayat in the Qur'an where it mentions the book and the hikmah. And he said regarding them, as an example in Ali Imran 164, that indeed Allah has bestowed upon the believers when He sent to them a messenger from amongst them who recites upon them the ayat of Allah, the, His ayat, and purifies them and teaches them the book and the hikmah. The messenger who's been sent from amongst them teaches them the book, the Qur'an, and the hikmah. So what is the hikmah? Al-Imam Shafi'i said, ذكر الله الكتاب وهو القرآن That Allah mentioned the kitab, the book, and that is obviously in reference to the Qur'an. وذكر الحكمة And Allah also mentioned this hikma, الحكمة فسمعت من أرضى من أهل العلم بالقرآن يقول Al-Imam Shafi'i says, I heard from those whom I am pleased and satisfied with, from the people of the Qur'an, the people of tafsir, the scholars of knowledge uh, regarding the Qur'an. He said, I heard them say, Al-Hikmah, the Hikmah is Sunnah to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The Sunnah of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So what the ayah in the Qur'an is saying there, 
that the messenger taught them the Qur'an and the Sunnah. He teaches them, يُعَلِّمُهُمُ الْكِتَابَ وَالْحِكْمَةَ Teaches them the kitab, the book, the Qur'an, وَالْحِكْمَةَ and the Sunnah. لِأَنَّ الْقُرْآنَ ذِكْرٌ وَاتَّبَعَتْهُ الْحِكْمَةَ وَذَكَرَ اللَّهُ مَنَّهُ عَلَى خَلْقِهِ بِتَعْلِيمِهِمُ الْكِتَابَ وَالْحِكْمَةَ so Allah mentioned how He bestowed and favored and placed His blessings upon the creation by giving them and teaching them the Qur'an and the Sunnah. Al-Hafidh Abu Umar ibn Abd al-Bahr, one of the scholars of the past, he said, Al-Bayanu minhu sallallahu alayhi wa sallam ala dharbayn. The clarification and the explanation of the Prophet ﷺ regarding the Qur'an, the way that the Prophet ﷺ used to explain the Qur'an, there are two ways. There are two aspects of the explanation of the Prophet ﷺ upon the Qur'an. He said, Al-Awwal, the first of them, Bayanul Mujmal fil Kitab al-Aziz. Clarifying and detailing that which is left general in the Qur'an. For example, As-Salawatul Khams fi mawaqeetiha wa sujoodiha wa ruku'iha wa sa'iri ahkamiha. Like the five prayers, the five daily prayers in terms of their timings and prostrations, number of prostrations, number of ruku'ah, and all of the rest of the rulings for the prayer, the Prophet ﷺ explained them. Explained them in detail, whereas they were mentioned in the Qur'an generally without detail. وَكَبَيَانِهِ لِلزَّكَاةِ وَحَدِّهَا وَوَقْتِهَا وَمَا الَّذِي تُؤْخَذُ مِنْهُ الْأَمْوَالِ Similarly, the fact that the Prophet ﷺ clarified and explained the details of zakat, when it's taken, how much is taken, what types of the wealth can be taken from a person, the details in the sunnah. Whereas in the Qur'an it was mentioned generally about giving the zakat. And similarly, Bayan Manasik al-Hajj as another example, clarifying and detailing exactly and precisely how Hajj is performed, whereas in the Qur'an it was mentioned only generally again. So these are examples of the Prophet ﷺ giving the details and the explanation in the sunnah, for things that were mentioned in the Qur'an generally. Secondly, الثاني زيادة على حكم الكتاب كتحريم نكاح المرأة على عمتها وخالتها وكتحريم الحمر الأهلية وكل ذي ناب من السباع إلى أشياء طول ذكرها. 
The second type of clarification that the Prophet ﷺ gave regarding the Qur'an is clarifying additional rulings. Sometimes there are certain rulings clear given in the Qur'an. But then there are additions to be mentioned on top of those rulings. And so in the sunnah, Sometimes the Prophet ﷺ mentioned those additions onto the rulings that are already in the Qur'an. Like for example in the Qur'an it tells you who the mahram is to a woman etc. and therefore which women you're not allowed to marry. That's in the Qur'an. The mahram and which women you can't marry. However, there is an additional detail in the sunnah mentioned as well an extra information mentioned in the sunnah. And that is that if a man marries a woman and then wants to have a second wife, he cannot marry the paternal or maternal auntie of his current wife. His first wife, he can't marry her auntie, paternal or maternal as his second wife. That's mentioned in the sunnah. An additional Ruling that isn't in the Qur'an. Similarly, domesticated donkeys, the impermissibility of eating them. An additional piece of information mentioned in the sunnah. And also, predatory animals that have the canine teeth. The canine teeth, not permissible to eat them. And there are many other things like that. Where extra and additional pieces of information are mentioned in the sunnah which were not mentioned in the Qur'an. وَقَدْ أَمَرَ اللَّهُ عَزَّ وَجَلُ بِطَاعَتِهِ وَاتِّبَاعِهِ أَمْرًا مُطْلَقًا مُجْمَلًا لَمْ يُقَيِّدْ بِشَيْءٍ كَمَا أَمَرَنَا بِاتِّبَاعِ كِتَابِ اللَّهِ وَلَمْ يَقُلْ مَا وَافَقَ كِتَابَ اللَّهِ كَمَا قَالَ بَعْضُ أَهْلِ الزَّيْغِ And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has commanded us to follow him to obey him and to follow him as a general commandment upon us. To follow him and to obey him, i.e. the Prophet. To follow and to obey the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And we've not been told anywhere in the Qur'an that you follow and obey the Messenger in that which conforms with what's in the Qur'an only. We've not been told that you only follow the messenger if what he says is in agreement with the Qur'an. It's not like that. We follow the messenger openly. Because there are certain things the messenger taught us which are additions to what is in the Qur'an. And they are extra clarifications to what is in the Qur'an. And therefore what the people of innovation say, people of misguidance who say, you only have to follow what is in the sunnah from the Prophet ﷺ if it is in conformity, in agreement with what's in the Qur'an, is their misguidance, their uh, uh, deviated position on that issue. It is not a case of only following what is in conformity with the Qur'an, because we know there are additions in the sunnah, there are extras in the sunnah that are on top of what's in the Qur'an, and we've been told in the Qur'an to follow the Messenger absolutely in all of that. وَمَا يَنْطِقُ عَنِ الْهَوَىٰ إِنْ هُوَ إِلَّا وَحْيٌ يُحَىٰ 
The Prophet ﷺ does not speak from his desires. That is revelation that is given to him. Al-Imam Ibn Al-Qayyim rahimahullah ta'ala mentioned. He said, وَقَدْ صَنَّفَ الْإِمَامُ أَحْمَدُ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ كِتَابًا فِي طَاعَةِ الرَّسُولِ صلى الله عليه وسلم رد فيه على من احتج بظاهر القرآن في معارضة سنن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم وترك الاحتجاج بها ابن القيم mentioned that الإمام أحمد wrote a book regarding obedience to the messenger صلى الله عليه وسلم and in that book he refuted the people who use the apparent of the Qur'an to oppose the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ. Because if you take the general apparent meanings in the Qur'an, then as we've said, they are general. In the sunnah, it's going to be much more detailed. They say, no, we take that general as it is in the Qur'an, and therefore they oppose and they reject the additions and the extras in the sunnah. Al-Imam Ahmed wrote a book refuting them for doing that. فَقَالَ فِي أَثْنَاءِ خُطْبَتِهِ إِنَّ اللَّهَ جَلَّ ثَنَاؤُهُ وَتَقَدَّسَتْ أَسْمَاؤُهُ بَعَثَ مُحَمَّدًا بِالْهُدَى وَدِينِ الْحَقِّ لِيُظْهِرَهُ عَلَى الدِّينِ كُلِّهِ وَلَوْ كَرِهَ الْمُشْرِكُونَ وَأَنزَلَ عَلَيْهِ كِتَابَهُ فِيهِ الْهُدَى وَالنُّورِ لِمَنْ اتَّبَعَهُ وَجَعْلَ رَسُولَهُ الدَّالِ عَلَى مَا أَرَادَ مِنْ ظَاهِرِهِ وَبَاطِنِهِ وَخَاصِّهِ وَعَامِّهِ وَنَاصِخِهِ وَمَنْسُوخِهِ وَمَا قَصَدَ لَهُ الْكِتَابِ فَكَانَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ هُوَ الْمُعَبِّرُ عَنْ كِتَابِ اللَّهِ الدَّالُ عَلَى مَعَانِيهِ شاهده في ذلك شاهده في ذلك أصحابه الذين ارتضاهم الله لنبيه واصطفاهم له ونقلوا ذلك عنه الإمام أحمد goes on to say that indeed Allah سبحانه وتعالى sent the Prophet Muhammad with guidance and the religion of truth so that it be overwhelming and overrides all of the other religions even if the mushrikeen dislike that and hate that, and Allah revealed upon him the guidance and light for the ones who follow him in that book, in that revelation. And Allah made his messenger the guide. Al-Imam Ahmed said, Allah made the messenger the guide. The one who guides us to what the meanings of the Qur'an are. And what is in the Qur'an, the general and the specific, the apparent and what is not, (coughs) what is abrogated and what is not, and what is intended by the Qur'an and the ayat. Allah made the Prophet as the guide to guide us to the meanings of all of that. So the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he is the mu'abbir an kitabillah. He is the one who expresses and highlights and uh, uh, states to us the meanings of the book of Allah. He is the one who guides us and directs us to the meanings of the Qur'an. 
and the companions whom Allah is pleased with and chose them as his companions, they witnessed all of that, and they conveyed and narrated all of that to us. فَكَانُوا هُمْ أَعْلَمُ النَّاسِ بِرَسُولِ اللَّهِ صلى الله عليه وسلم وَبِمَا أَرَادَ اللَّهُ مِنْ كِتَابِهِ بِمُشَاهَدَتِهِمْ So they therefore, the companions, were the most knowledgeable of the people regarding the intent of the Qur'an and what Allah intended in it and the meanings of the ayat. They were the most knowledgeable than the companions because they saw that revelation coming to the Prophet ﷺ. They witnessed the revelation and they learned directly from the Prophet Muhammad ﷺ the meanings of those ayat and what is intended by those ayat. So the summary of all of that section there, of that chapter there, is to highlight that the sunnah is a legislative evidence, a revelation just as the Qur'an is. That we take the sunnah as a legislative source for rulings, for religion. It is revelation just as the Qur'an is. That is what we have established in that section. Now then moving on to the next chapter, it is in explanation of how the Salaf (coughs) safeguarded that Sunnah. Now that we know of the importance of the Sunnah in these first two lectures so far, the, the station and the rank and the status of the Sunnah, that it is revelation, it is a source of our religion, then we now need to understand what did the Salaf do to make sure that the Sunnah was maintained, guarded and preserved. What did they do to ensure that? They did various different things. Initially, we're going to start by looking at what the Salaf did to preserve the Sunnah in the time of the first generation of the Salaf, who are of course the Sahaba. What did the Sahaba radiallahu anhum do? What steps did they take to safeguard and preserve the Sunnah? كان الصحابة رضوان الله عليهم في عهد رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يستفيدون أحكام شريعة من القرآن الكريم الذي يتلقونه عن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم. The companions during the time of the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم when the Prophet was alive, they used to learn and benefit regarding the rulings of the Sharia from the Qur'an, directly from what they were learning from the Prophet ﷺ. They learned the rulings, the, the, the jurisdictions, all the different types of halal, haram, the fiqh, all directly from the Prophet ﷺ. They learned all of that sunnah directly from the Prophet ﷺ. 
وكثيرا ما كانت تنزل آيات من القرآن الكريم مجملة غير مفصلة On many an occasion, as we've already mentioned, some of the ayat of the Qur'an would be revealed in a general manner. Details were not given in them. أو مطلقة غير مقيدة Or sometimes they were left open without any restrictions being mentioned. كالصلاة جاء مجملا لم يبين في القرآن عدد ركعاتها ولا هيئتها ولا أوقاتها like we've mentioned about the prayer, it was mentioned in the Qur'an without highlighting the times of the prayers, the actual positions of the prayers, the number of raka'at in the prayers. Those details were not mentioned. Similarly, the zakat, what is the minimum quantity where zakat is due? How much are you to take? What are the conditions not mentioned in the Qur'an? So there were many things that were left general. وَكَذَلِكَ كَثِيرٌ مِنَ الْأَحْكَامِ الَّتِي لَا يُمْكِنَ الْعَمْلِ بِهَا دُونَ الْوَقُوفِ عَلَى شَرْحٍ مَا يَتَّصِلُ بِهَا شَرْحٍ مَا يَتَّصِلُ بِهَا مِنْ شُرُوطِ وَأَرْكَانِ فَكَانَ لَابُدَّ لَهُمْ مِنَ الرُّجُوعِ إِلَى رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صلى الله عليه وسلم لِمَعْرِفَةِ الْأَحْكَامِ مَعْرِفَةً تَفْصِيلِيَّةً Therefore, if the Qur'an was being revealed and there were sections that were left open and general, for the companions to understand exactly how that is implemented and what it means, then they had to constantly return back to the Prophet ﷺ. And so that's what the companions used to do. They used to return back to the Prophet ﷺ to ask and to find out the details of what was being revealed in the Qur'an in a more general fashion. وَرَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهِ وَسَلَّمُ هُوَ الْمُبَلِّغُ عَنْ رَبِّهِ وَأَدْرَ الْخَلْقِ بِمَقَاصِدِ شَرِيعَةِ اللَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَلَّ وَحُدُودِهَا وَمَرَامِهَا And of course the messenger صلى الله عليه وسلم He is the one who conveyed that message from Allah. He is the one who conveys that revelation from Allah. Therefore, he is the most knowledgeable of course regarding that revelation of Allah and the meanings of it and the intentions behind it in the Sharia. He is the most knowledgeable of all of that. وَقَدْ أَخْبَرَ اللَّهُ فِي كِتَابِهِ الْكَرِيمِ عَنْ مُهِمَّةِ الرُّسُولِ صلى الله عليه وسلم بنسبة للقرآن أنه مبين له وموضح لمراميه وآياته and Allah has told us in the Qur'an that the Prophet ﷺ, his task was that to clarify and explain the meanings of the Qur'an and the intention and what is uh, the goal or the objective behind the ayat of the Qur'an. It was the task of the Prophet ﷺ to do that. Allah told us in An-Nahl 44, وَأَنزَلْنَا إِلَيْكَ الذِّكْرَ لِتُبَيِّنَ لِلنَّاسِ مَا نُزِّلَ إِلَيْهِمْ وَلَعَلَّهُمْ يَتَفَكَّرُونَ That indeed we sent to you a dhikr. A dhikr. We sent the dhikr to you. So that you may clarify to the people what has been revealed to them. What has been revealed to them? The Qur'an. 
that you may clarify to them that Qur'an which has been revealed to them so that they may ponder. So that is the first thing. This is why we say Qur'an and Sunnah with the understanding of the Salaf of this Ummah, the companions, whenever they needed to know the details, the explanations, they went and got it directly from the Prophet ﷺ. Secondly, firstly, the fact that the companions regularly returned to the Prophet ﷺ and took their knowledge directly from him. That is one of the means of preservation of the sunnah, that they memorized it, learnt it directly from the Prophet. Secondly, كَانَ الصُّحَابَةِ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُمْ يَلْتَزِمُونَ حُدُودَ أَمْرِهِ وَنَهْيِهِ وَيَقْتَدُونَ بِهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ فِي كُلِّ أَعْمَالِهِ وَعِبَادَاتِهِ وَمُعَامَلَاتِهِ إِلَّا مَا عَلِمُوا مِنْهُ أَنَّهُ خَاصٌ بِهِ Secondly, the companions... They all, they used to cling on and stick to the rulings. They used to stick to the rulings as precise as possible. The commandments, the prohibitions, stick to the religion as precisely as possible. Following the Prophet ﷺ exactly as precisely as they could. In his actions, in his worship, in his dealings. Except for things if they knew that certain things were specific to the Prophet ﷺ. If they knew certain things were specific to the Prophet, then they would not do those, knowing that they are specific to the Prophet. But otherwise, they would do exactly everything they could following the Prophet. فَكَانُوا يَتَعَلَّمُونَ مِنْهُ أَحْكَامَ الصَّلَةِ وَأَرْكَانِهَا وَهَيْئَتِهَا so they would learn from the Prophet ﷺ the ahkam as-salah, the rulings of the prayer, wa arkanaha, and the pillars of the prayer, wa hayataha, and the postures and the positions of the prayer. Akhdan bi qawlihi ﷺ upon the statement of the Prophet ﷺ implementing it. Sallu kama ra'aytumuni usalli. Pray as you have seen me pray. وَيَأْخُذُونَ عَنْهُ مَنَاسِكَ الْحَجِّ And they learnt the details of how to do hajj directly from him. As the Prophet said, خُذُوا عَنِّي مَنَاسِكَكُمْ Take from me your rights of hajj. وَقَدْ بَلَغَ مِنْ اقْتِدَائِهِمْ بِهِ أَنْ كَانُوا يَفْعَلُونَ مَا يَفْعَلُونَ And they used to do exactly what the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam used to do. وَيَتْرُكُونَ مَا يَتْرُكُ دُونَ أَنْ يَعْلَمُ لِذَلِكَ سَبَبًا And they would leave off what the Prophet would leave off without even knowing the reason. To imitate and copy the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. It's mentioned, reported by Al-Bukhari from Ibn Umar رضي الله عنهما قال اتخذ رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم خاتما من ذهب فاتخذ الناس خواتيم من ذهب ثم نبذه النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم 
وقال إني لن ألبسه أبدا فنبذ الناس خواتيمهم that the Prophet ﷺ used to have a ring made of gold. He used to have a ring made of gold. And so the people, the companions, got rings made of gold. Then the Prophet ﷺ threw it away and said, I will never wear it. I will never wear the ring of gold. So the people instantly threw away their rings of gold in imitation of the Prophet <coughs> In another narration, highlighting how closely they followed the Prophet mentioned by Abu Dawood, عن أبي سعيد الخدري رضي الله عنه قال بينما رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يصلي بأصحابه إذ خلعنا عليه فوضعهما عن يساره فلما رأى ذلك القوم ألقوا نعالهم فلما قضى رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم صلاته قال ما حملكم على إلقاء نعالكم قالوا رأيناك ألقيتنا عليك فألقينا نعالنا فقال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم إن جبريل عليه السلام أتاني فأخبرني أن فيهما قضرا أو قال أذا It's mentioned that once the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam was leading them in prayer. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi was leading them in prayer. And in the middle of the prayer, the Prophet sallallahu took off his shoes. They were praying in their shoes on. Sunnah, permissible. They were praying in their shoes and in the middle of the prayer, the Prophet took off his shoes and put them to his left side. Obviously, the people behind could see the Imam, the Prophet, وسلم, and what he did. They took off their shoes in the middle of the prayer and put them to the side. They all took off their shoes too. After the prayer finished, the Prophet وسلم, asked them, what made you take off your shoes during the prayer? What made you take off your shoes during the prayer? They said, we saw you take off your shoes, so we took off our shoes too. Then the Prophet ﷺ explained to them, it's because Jibreel had come to him in the middle of the prayer and told him there was an impurity under his shoes. An impurity upon his shoes. And that's why he had taken his off. The point being, as soon as the companion saw him behaving in that way, taking off his shoes, they similarly took off their shoes. Following him, copying him, in the best of their ability in what they saw from him. So these are the first two points to take note of regarding the Sahaba. They witness the revelation coming down directly and they learnt it directly from the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam secondly they stuck to it in precision what the prophet sallallahu alaihi would do they would do what he didn't do and abandoned and left they would abandon and leave to the extent of this narration regarding the gold ring and regarding the shoes in the prayer Copying the Prophet ﷺ in detail. Those are the first two points regarding the Sahaba. That's where we'll round off for today then. 
and we'll start with point number three and four uh, and more regarding the Sahaba and what they did and their role in preserving the Sunnah, insha'Allah ta'ala. Any questions or anything up to that? No, the Prophet ﷺ, his personal likes and dislikes, they are not considered sunnah as such like that. However, the scholars have mentioned if you were to do something knowing that the Prophet ﷺ used to like something, dislike something, used to do something which was from the tradition at the time, it is possible that you'll be rewarded upon your general intention of wanting to be like the Prophet. But that isn't a sunnah as such that the Prophet liked a certain food, he didn't like a certain food, therefore you have to like a certain food or not like a certain food or abandon a certain food. No, that is not the intent, that is not sunnah in the way that we talk about the sunnah as a worship and following the Prophet They used to wear certain types of hats or clothes in those days. We don't have to wear the exact types of clothes they used to wear in those days. But you wear the clothes that fulfill the sunnah in covering your aura, etc. Alright, we'll conclude upon that. Uh, next week we can come back to the normal time again after Maghrib, inshallah ta'ala. Next three or four weeks you'll have to bear with us. There might be slight fluctuations because of the times now, Maghrib coming back, everything. But then at the end of October the clocks change, so everything will be settled after that, inshallah again. Clocks change on the last Sunday of October, so four weeks away. Then everything, inshallah, will get settled. It's fixed, settled time. But these few weeks, Maghrib changing, everything might be slight differences in times. But inshallah, next week we can come back to the normal time, begin after Maghrib at maybe 7 p.m., 10 past 7. As soon as Maghrib is done, we can begin, inshallah. So let everybody else know as well. Let them know back to the normal time next week, begin after Maghrib, inshallah. وصلى الله على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين